He's been with us for a long time. I love him. Will you come on up here, Pastor Jim? Great to have you here. He's got a great word for us. Thank you, Pastor Lance. Good morning, PSCC. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Are you thankful? We, we get to come up here every Thanksgiving. It's kind of a family tradition for us. And so um, since we moved back to the States and we're all living in the U.S. now, the family comes here for Thanksgiving and then the family gathers at our house in Bend down in Central Oregon for Christmas. Well, our, our son-in-law Colin gets a turkey every Thanksgiving. His, his, um, his workplace gives him a turkey and this year we got a 26-pound turkey. The turkey... The turkey was so big, we had to rent a U-Haul trailer. <laughs> it wasn't quite that big. And, uh, and so for Thanksgiving over at Philip and Stephanie's house, there were eight adults, three kids, two cats, and a dog. And uh, actually, it was a great time. We had a couple of guests from New Zealand, uh, friends of our daughter Melissa and her husband Colin, from the old days when they lived overseas. And uh, so they were with us. And it was just such a great time. Gather around the table. And one of the things we do as a sort of a family tradition is that we, and, and everybody says, oh, no, we got to do that again. And uh, so we go around the table and everyone says something that they're thankful for. And uh, I tell you, even though everybody complains about it, it's a pretty sweet time. There's some laughter and even some tears, and uh, so that was great. And and actually, as far as I'm concerned, the the whole Thanksgiving dinner with the turkey and the stuffing and the the cranberry sauce and and the mashed potatoes and gravy and the bean the green bean casserole. Anybody else have green bean casserole? <laughs> See, isn't that amazing? And uh, but all of that is just preparation. All of that's just a setup for the next day when you can have a turkey sandwich <laughs> with, a, with a slice of pepper jack cheese and, and a little bit of cranberry sauce on it. And, uh, well, anyway, I'm getting hungry just talking about that. This has been a great series. We've been 300 miles away while the series has been going on, but I feel like I've been right in on the series because this series... From, from Philippians, the series Grow has been so rich. And, and Pastor Lance has been sending me his notes each week so I can keep up. And, and, uh, and I, that first message, I think so, about how if you will change how you think, God will change how you feel. That really stuck with me. And then the next one about uh, citizens of heaven, our daughter Stephanie texted me and said, you got to go online and listen to this. And, and I heard the, the, best presen- the best post-election presentation that I've, ever had, uh, that I've ever heard. I mean, it just was so good. And if you didn't get here for that Sunday, you should go online to pscc.net and listen to that message. Really important to us. And then, and then last week, know what you know. But, but I want to talk about something from Philippians 4 today. And, and, and uh, Philippians 4 has got more quotable verses in it 
than any other chapter in the Bible, I think, when, when Pastor Lance said, this is your assignment. This is where we're going to be in the series is Philippians chapter 4. And so I started through there. And, and here's some of the stuff that I just ran into just in, in, in starting into this verse. Verse 4 says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And verse 7 it says you'll experience God's peace and his peace will guard your hearts and minds. And then, and then verse 8, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And then this one, uh, one of everybody's favorite, I think, on the screen here. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And then verse 19 and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Just full of gems and jewels and treasures of truth. But that's not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> actually, actually, read it for yourself. No, uh, what we're going to talk about is something that um, we're going to talk about what really matters. And, and over the past few years, um, once I turned 25, you know, a couple of years ago. No, over the past few years, um, I'm asking myself these two questions pretty often. I mean, it's not like a religious thing that I have a certain set time each day that I do it. Um, but, it, but it's when I'm having a thoughtful moment, when, when I have a, just kind of a little peaceful, thoughtful moment, I ask myself two questions, and the answers to these two questions have become one of the guiding factors in my life these past few years. The first question, simple, what really matters? The second question, how much is enough? Now, I'm not going to talk about that second question. I'm not going to talk about how much is enough because after all this is Thanksgiving week and we've just we've just had a, an entire day when we were thankful to God that we have all we need and and then and then and then only in America would we follow up the day when we're thankful that we have all we need with Black Friday <laughs> when we go out and buy stuff that we don't need just because it's on sale. But I'm not going to mention that, all right? What really matters? How would you answer these two questions if you asked yourself these questions? Not if somebody else asked you necessarily, but if you quieted yourself and thought about your life a little bit and said, okay, what really matters? What really matters to me now in my real life? What's the most important thing? What really matters? Um, think about it. If your answer to the question, what really matters, would be the same today as it was five years ago, then, then you would have to ask yourself, I wonder if I'm really growing. Remember our series? Our series is about growing. You'd have to think, am I really growing? Because as you move through the years 
and through the seasons of life, the things that really... Now, there are certain fundamental things that never change, but, but the things that matter begin to shift and change. When we had two young children at home, certain things mattered a great deal that don't matter as much uh, after our children are grown and out of the home and we're empty nesters. And so as you move through the seasons of life, it's, it's, it's really helpful and it's really legitimate to ask yourself what really matters. For me, to an even greater degree in this season of my life, um, I, don't, I don't know, I see some gray hair and, and uh, so I know there's some people here that are sort of in my season of life and, and I don't know if it was maybe when I passed 65 or when I passed 70, but somewhere along in this season of life, um, one thing that really is pushing its way to the front of my life in terms of what really matters I mean, besides popcorn. I love popcorn. I could... Wait a minute. No. One thing that really matters to me is relationships. My relationship with God is more important to me now than at any other season of life. My relationship with my wife is growing and strengthening. And, and that takes a lot of effort on her part. But especially relationships are the thing that matter most. Because all other stuff, I mean, a house really matters, but, but I can't remember how many houses we lived in. You live in a house and then it goes away because you move or you sell it or something happens. And then, you know, these are things that God said he will provide because he provides all of our needs. But those are not the things that matter most and that we sell our lives for. But relationships. So anyway, so when I started reading Philippians 4, this hit me right away. It's on the screen. Uh, Listen as I read this. Verse 1 of Philippians 4. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and, and the crown I receive for my work. Now, I appeal to Yodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, he's probably talking to a young man named Epaphroditus who carried this letter from Paul in Roman prison to Philippi. He says, and I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. What? Euodia and Syntyche, please settle your disagreement. See, see, Euodia and Syntyche were good, godly women. They were hard-working ministers of the gospel of Jesus. They had been part of Paul's team when he was establishing the church there in Philippi, but somehow they had reached a point where they were in disagreement with each other and it had broken their fellowship and it had damaged their relationship. I don't know what happened. Maybe, maybe one of them 
felt like it was okay to eat meat and the other one didn't. Maybe there was, maybe you had a carnivore and a vegan or something like that, you know. And, 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 uh, and maybe one enjoyed a little wine with dinner and the other one didn't think that was so much okay. Maybe, maybe Euodia felt that Syntyche had got promoted to a, to a, a, a position in the church that she should have had. I don't know. Maybe Syntyche had voted for Hillary and Euodia <laughs> had voted for Trump. I, I guess it could have been anything. But something happened. And, and these were good, godly, faithful, hard-working for Jesus women. But they had a disagreement that they just couldn't get over. Paul asked his friend to do what he could to help them work it out. See, God loved them both. And Paul loved them both. And the church loved them both. But they just didn't love each other anymore. And that was a, that was a pretty tough thing. Paul begged them, dear friends, work this out. See, see Paul asked his friends to help them get it worked out so that everybody could love them without having to choose sides. So that everybody could love both of them without having to be on one person's side and against the other. This, this was so important to Paul and obviously to the Holy Spirit who inspired the scripture, the letter, the Bible that Paul was writing. This was so important that this relationship between these two godly women and this disagreement that they somehow couldn't resolve got written into the Bible. You know why that got written into the Bible? Because relationships matter to God. Relationships, our relationship with God really matters to God, not just to us, to God. Our relationships with each other matter to God. Our relationships in our family, the fact that we give enough time to build a relationship between husband and wife, the fact that we invest the time and the energy and the resources in, in our relationship with our children, that matters to God. Relationships matter to God. Listen, Genesis 3.8 talks about Adam and Eve and how they disobeyed God and they ate from the tree of knowledge and, and that broke their fellowship with God. Uh, but why did God make the effort to come looking for them? They went away and God came looking for them. Why did God do that? Because relationships matter to God. James 2.23 tells us that God cultivated over over a lifetime and you can find this all the way from Genesis 12 right through uh, 25 uh, chapter 25 of, of Genesis that God cultivated a relationship with a man named Abraham a pagan man and God began to draw him and God began to visit him and and God cultivated a relationship with this man to the point that he was called a friend of God. Why did God do that? Because relationships 
matter to God. Jesus chose 12 out of all the people who followed him. And there were sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands. It depended on where he was, whether in the city or out in the country. But there were some that followed him all the time. And out of those, uh, it tells us in Mark 3, out of those, Jesus chose 12 that they should be with him. Out of the crowd, he chose some to be in a relationship with him because relationships matter to God. And then, and then John 15 tells us that at, some, at one point, as he was nearing the end of his time, of his three years or so with these that he chose to be with them, he said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Jesus escalated this relationship to a friendship because relationships matter to God. Jesus made an issue of relationships in the church. Matthew 15, there's a whole series of of verses and steps that we take when we have a broken relationship with someone in the church about how we work step by step to restore a broken relationship. Because that's what really matters to God. Relationships. Relationships matter to me. Uh, Maybe belatedly. Maybe late in life this is coming more and more to the forefront. About how much relationships matter. In September, some friends of ours, Gary and Jerry, some friends that we know, uh, we've worked with in ministry and we know them uh, from church. But in September, they came home from a two-week road trip. And they went to Yosemite and they went to Yellowstone and, and they kept posting pictures on Facebook while they were gone about pictures of elk and pictures of, of water spraying out of the ground and pictures of, of black bears and, and, uh, and pictures of themselves having such a great time. You know how people do on Facebook and and it's just you just get envious of that you know and I said how come they get to have so much fun and so I said to Gene I said why do Gary and Jerry get to go and do a two-week road trip and have all this fun and we never get to do that and she's speaking with the wisdom of a wise woman of God said because we don't decide to do it <laughs> because we're always doing a bunch of other stuff you know and and, uh, you know, it was one of those moments where, of clarity for me. And so within about 30 minutes, we had made the decision, we're going to do, do a road trip. Now we just need some road. We just need to know where we want to go because we are going to do a road trip. And, and we thought, we've never seen the Grand Canyon. Can you imagine? Never seen the Grand Canyon. So we said, okay, we'll go see the Grand Canyon. And, and uh, she wanted to stay at the Oregon Garden Resort in Silverton, Oregon, which is totally in the wrong direction. But, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. And so we, and then we were going to, and we thought, you know, we have never driven all the way down through California on Highway 101. We've never done that. And so we said, well, let's do that. And, and so we started sketching all this stuff out on the map. And as we sketched it out down through California, we realized that that takes us right through Los Angeles. And, and I have a cousin 
I have a cousin um, who lives in Los Angeles. He's 67, I'm 73, and we have only seen each other at funerals. <laughs> Seriously, in our whole life, we have only seen, ourselves, uh, seen each other at funerals. Something, I mean, his dad uh, moved to California. My dad moved all these other places, and, and we just grew up apart, and, and uh, there's not that many of us left. And I thought we should, maybe, maybe we should see Clark, my cousin Clark and his wife Kathy. And, um, and then we thought, okay, so that gets us to California, and then we've got to get over uh, a ways, and if we went east on I-10, and then that takes us to Phoenix. And we got some friends in Phoenix that we haven't seen for over 20 years, some Jamaican friends that we worked with when we lived in Jamaica. They helped us start a ministry. They helped us with the decision and the move that we made to the U.K. Uh, after our time in Jamaica. They were so important in our lives for that season. We hadn't seen them, and now they're pastoring a church in, in Phoenix. And so we thought, we should see them. And then we thought, okay, that gets us just south of the Grand Canyon. And so we could stay in Phoenix, and then we go up to the Grand Canyon, and we could drive on Route 66. <laughs> You're going to get your kicks, you know, on. Because <laughs> there's, you know, there's pieces of that old two-lane highway that you can, and we stayed in this little town right on Route 66. And, and, so, and so then you, you go, we got to get home, and that would take us right through Reno. And we have a friend, Ray, and his wife, Ann. And Ray and I have ministered together all over the world. We ministered together in Jamaica and the UK and Africa and there was a season of, of several years of our lives when we were just, we were together a lot. And we hadn't seen them in years. They're only one day's drive south of Bend where we live. And, and so, anyway. So we started putting this trip together. And, and here were these relationships and as we, as we started thinking, we could just do the trip, and then there's these people, and, and, and these were relationships. There was nothing wrong. We weren't mad at them. They weren't mad at us. At least we hoped they weren't. And, and, uh, and yet, priorities and moves that we had made and stuff, it just, these relationships had gone dormant. And they, it just seemed like God was prompting us that we needed to use this trip to invest in those relationships as well. Doesn't that seem like a good idea? Let me tell you, it's not as easy as you might think because I had to overcome some things in order to take the steps that God was prompting. I want to tell you what I had to deal with to make the phone calls, to send the emails, to, to, to reach out to make these arrangements because some of these people, we just hadn't talked for years. And I had to overcome my insecurities in order to, be, to initiate this investing in those relationships. Like, think, and it's possible that I'm the only one here that has insecurities, okay? <laughs> but, but I thought... Like, what if they don't want to see us? 
And they think, so what's he doing after all these years? And he wants to come and stay at our house. And so I thought, well, I could call my cousin and I could say, we're just going to be going through Los Angeles. And, and so we could, if there's a motel that wouldn't break the bank somewhere near you, we could maybe stay there if you didn't invite us to your house <laughs> to stay, you know. And I mean, maybe you got a better way to approach this, but but I had to overcome some insecure feelings like, what if I call them and they'd just rather not see me? What what if they you know, if they if they wanted to connect, they could have contacted us any time in these last few years. I had to overcome some pride. And I realized that for me, insecurity and pride are very closely connected. And I, and I, I thought, well, yeah, it would be a good idea to get together. But why do I have to be the one? Why don't they call me, you know? Why do I have to be the one to take the initiative? And, and selfishness. Well, because, you know, with the uncertainties about all of that and how it would be responded to and stuff... It would be easier just to go and do the trip and have a great time and stay in the motel and travel and we wouldn't have to meet anybody's schedule. I wouldn't have to shave or anything, you know. (laughs) And, And it could just be us. And so I had to overcome some selfishness. And then I had to overcome my introvert comfort zone. And and introverts... You know who you are. It's not that easy to take a step like that. Do you know? I I I read a little I read a little article once about how to kill an introvert. You, no seriously, you give them, you give them poison to drink, and then you put the antidote on the other side of a crowded room where they'll have to. But seriously, those are all some things that I had to face and deal with and overcome in order to do it. And it was a great trip. And the connections, reconnecting with those people was, was richer than I could have imagined. My cousin, whom I've only seen at funerals, his dad's funeral, my dad's funeral, and my brother's funeral in, in our whole lives... Um, we got together and and we stayed at his house and our wife, his wife Kathy and my wife Jean, our wives kept talking about how much alike we were and how we liked the same things and and uh, it was just it was great and now we're talking about how to follow up and he's going to come up to see us in Oregon and I'm going to take him over to Eastern Oregon and show him where the the graves at the cemetery where where our ancestors are buried. It's going to be great. Because relationships really matter, and they matter to God. And, and, and in Arizona, we met these friends after years. We met these friends from Jamaica. And it was just like you flip the switch off, you flip the switch back on, and the relationship was there and the communication was there, except that their little children, who were about that big, are all grown up and married and, and helping them there in the church. And it was... It was just great. And, and, and 
I think we're going to go see them uh, again when the weather's not hot, like in <laughs> when it's cold and rainy in the northwest or snow on the ground in Bend. I think we'll go see them like in February and, and spend some more time with them in Phoenix. And, and, and so old friendships were rekindled and new friendships were begun and we gained a great appreciation for how other people have faced life's challenges. Because life is hard, you know. God is good, but life is hard. And, and through the years, we faced challenge and they faced challenges and we told each other some of the stories and saw how God's grace had worked in our lives. And, and memories. You get to talking about memories. And uh, it's amazing how differently we remember things. So, so here's the question. Back to the same question. What really matters? And my question is, what really matters to you? Do relationships matter to you? Do, do you? do you have relationships that are dormant? Not necessarily broken or torn, or maybe they are, but, but, the, but some initiative, taking a risk, could put life back into that relationship. See, I'm not just talking about making a list of everybody you've ever known and trying to reconnect with them because some relationships are seasonal and some are geographic because you went to school together or something like that. And I'm not talking about trying to get the most friends on Facebook. And I'm not, please, I'm not talking about trying to track down that old girlfriend You know who you are. <laughs> Relationships matter to God. And as our hearts become more like his, relationships matter more to us. It's about taking initiative. See, what I prayed, I didn't tell you that I prayed this, but what I prayed before this morning was that when I was talking, a name would come to your mind a face would just pop up in your mind and you'd think, you know, I could, I should, maybe I, I'll give that some thought. And I'd like you to capture those names and those faces and pray and ask God what is the next step. You got someone in mind? Do you? Do you have someone in mind? a relationship that you could invest, you could take some initiative, you could water the seed of that relationship, send a text, send a message on Facebook, make a phone call, send an email. There used to be a thing called writing letters, but I don't think we do that anymore. What about your relationship with Jesus? Is it as rich is it, is it growing? Is it stagnant? Because see, what you do to make a relationship grow is that you invest in that relationship. It means time. It means effort. It means communication. Uh, just, just like the, building these relationships with the other people, 
the relationship with Jesus requires an investment, and he's already moved toward you. So, so to cultivate your relationship with Jesus, it's your move because he's done everything. He's done everything that needs to be done. I'd like to pray a quick prayer with you, and uh, I'd like for you to just have a quiet moment while you think about a face, a name, a person, your relationship with the Lord, and what you're going to do to water the seed. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for your grace to be on us, your spirit who is in us to prompt us to reveal to each of us the next step, the thing that you'd like for us to do in terms of relationships. Because we know that relationships matter to you. And so I pray that your grace will be on us for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Pastor Jim, before you go, um, I know that there are people here today who maybe are in a scenario where the person that came to their mind wasn't, uh, is a person that's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a person who's passed away or who has, who's moved so far away that it's just impossible to connect with somehow. And um, what would you say to the person today who maybe is dealing with the, the pain of somebody who's no longer with them through death, perhaps? Yeah. That's a great question. I, I didn't realize it, but I had some unresolved issues with my dad. He's been gone for about 30 years now. And uh, I've had some conversations with him since he left. And that's not spooky. It's not weird kind of. At least it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, there, but he I've and I did some conversation with your dad, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, seriously, though, he and I just didn't communicate. And, and as I've realized that there were some unresolved things, I've had some sort of, in my mind, I've said some things to him that I wish I had said. I mean, my dad was a Christian, and, and, and he's, everything's cool, you know? And, and so that I have that. But, but maybe if there's someone that's just, maybe the risk is too great, the person has passed away, or there's some other hindrance, Ask God to reveal to you any things that you need to let go of. And maybe the way to let go of those is that you could express those as if you were talking to that person. And, and because the important thing is for you not to have unfinished business that holds you back in, in our journey of faith, in our process of growing as a Christian. Does that make sense to you? And again, I don't mean that to sound... Weird. Thank you. Can, can we just say thank you to Pastor Jim for coming today and sharing with us? Thank you.